Well, guys, it is great to be with you tonight. Uh, my name is Louis Hobgoax. I'm a church coach uh, for the Saskatchewan District and the Manitoba Northwest Ontario District of the PAOC. And it is my uh, privilege to be here with you guys tonight and to be uh, in this series. So if you'll bow with me in a quick word of prayer. <sighs> Heavenly Father, as we look to your word, Lord, I pray that you'd make it alive in our lives. May it not just be simply words written on a page, but may become truths that are embedded into their being and DNA of who we are. Help us each to become the walking, talking, breathing Word of God. Help us to fully understand that today, as Christ followers, we are the present day hands and feet, the tangible presence of Jesus to this world. And may we be mindful that as a corporate body and as individuals, we are the temple of the Spirit of God on earth. And where we go, the Spirit of God goes. And that changes situations and attitudes and atmospheres. Lord, may these truths be very real to us tonight, I pray. Amen? Neighborhood Church, everybody here in person that's Saturday night. I'm excited to have you here. Those joining us online from wherever you are in the world, so excited that you are joining us uh, here today. I truly believe that nobody is here by accident. God has something for you tonight. God wants to speak to you and challenge you and maybe grow your faith maybe give you an opportunity to step into faith today. Uh, we are in week three of this series called Christmas Playlist. And as you guys already caught, I've been uh, asked to talk about Go Tell It on the Mountain, which also includes the prairies. So none of us are off the hook. Uh, if you just want to throw up the lyrics, we'll just leave them up there for a little bit. Um, this carol Go Tell It on the Mountain has quite a different origin story than the other couple carols that we've looked at in this series so far. Uh, week one, Pastor Jordan talked about Hark the Herald Angels Sing, written by uh, Charles Wesley, this prolific author who has uh, 6,500 or more hymns attributed to him. Uh, Oxford educated, a starter of the Methodist movement, uh, this great leader, Week two, last week, Pastor John talked about Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown. Written by Emily Elizabeth Steele Elliott, another English-born author. Uh, she was also English-educated, and she also was an author and uh, editor and a writer of hymns for the Anglican Church. And she was born to a very scholarly uh, archbishop there's some similarities with the origins of those two hymns. Go Tell It on the Mountain actually has quite a different uh, origin. Uh, in 1866, one year after the U.S. Civil War had ended, a group of pastors and laity had gotten together to start what became Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. The purpose of this college was to give a place for recently freed slaves to have an opportunity to get an education. During uh, the inception of Fisk University, a, a group of singers uh, known as the Fisk Jubilee Singers came about, and they started uh, singing these, these spirituals. Uh, you may have heard of them. The Fisk Jubilee Singers actually still perform to this day, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Well, that was in 1866. You jump ahead just a handful of years to 1971, and they realized something. They realized that recently freed slaves didn't really create a great economic base to be able to fund a university. And all of a sudden, Fisk University was in financial trouble. 
The uh, then president of Fisk, uh, a person by the name of Adam Knight Spence, he decided to take a gamble and he actually got the Fisk Jubilee Singers. He gathered them and, and he sent them out on tour across the US and Europe. And the reason it was a gamble is because it cost a lot of money to send a group of singers out on an 18 month tour and the university had very little. So he literally bet it all. He took every cent the university still had and invested it to send this group of singers out to go and sing and hopefully raise funds for the university. Well, it turned out that it was a quite a successful gamble. It was profitable and it ended up saving the university. Now the Fisk Jubilee singers, they mostly sang old slave spirituals. But one song stood out. One song made quite the mark as they went and sang across the US and Europe. Can you guess what song that is? Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go Tell It on the Mountain started, started on a slave plantation somewhere in the United States. Nobody knows the actual individual author or authors, but it was somehow a song that offered hope to slaves as they labored in the fields. That's quite a different origin story than our other two carols so far, hey? Go Tell It on the Mountain started in a plantation. It was passed down orally from generation to generation, from plantation to plantation. And it wasn't until the early 1900s when John Wesley Work, an instructor at Fisk, actually wrote the, uh, the second edition of the new Jubilee songs sung by the Fisk Jubilee singers that we actually have the first time that Go Tell It on a Mountain was written, documented, to be passed on for 100, 100 plus years. Quite a different origin story. The Gaithers uh, on their website, they made this comment. They said, the original singers of this song fulfilled the same important task the angels gave the shepherds that first Christmas night outside of Bethlehem, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is born. And thanks to John Wesley Work, this, this instructor at Fisk University in the early 1900s, so can we. So can we, so can you and I partake of that same important task that was given to the angels at the first Christmas. We can go and tell the message of Jesus Christ. So let's read that scripture, Luke chapter two. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. They'll bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to, to whom God is pleased, with those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Ah, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger after seeing him after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. 
The original singers of this incredible song, Go Tell It on a Mountain, fulfilled the same important task that the angels gave to the shepherds that first Christmas night outside of Bethlehem, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is born. And thanks to John Wesley work, who officially put it into documentation in the early 1900s, so can you and I. The shepherds told everyone what had happened. The shepherds told everyone what happened that first Christmas, and so can we. Actually, I would make it and state it a little bit stronger. The shepherds told everyone what happened that first Christmas, and so must we. So must we as followers of Jesus. You and I, we, we must be about the business of sharing the Christmas story, sharing the truth that God came to earth in this child that we celebrate at Christmas. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, that Jesus Christ is born and brought us all salvation that blessed Christmas morn. The shepherds told everyone what happened. They told everyone what happened, and so must you and I. This song that was sung by slaves, it's connected to the gospel story in Luke 2 that we just read, and it connects Romans 10 and Isaiah 52. So let's jump to Romans 10 for a moment. Paul pens these messages, pens these words, and he pens them to, to you and I. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how? How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about them unless someone goes, tells them? On the mountains, over the hills, and everywhere. And how will anyone go without being sent? And that is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. How will they hear? How will they hear the message of good news? How will they hear that, that salvation is possible, that they can be made right with God? How can they find out that they can be forgiven from the sins of the past? How can they find out that they can be healed physically, mentally, emotionally, eternally? How? How can they know that eternal life can be their destination? How? How will they ever find out that they could experience an abundant life today and now if nobody tells them? Go tell it on a mountain, over the hills. Go tell it everywhere. It was a song sung by slaves because they knew. They knew they were compelled to share this incredible message of hope. Despite life's circumstances, they could find forgiveness and healing and hope how are your friends and coworkers ever going to experience inner peace, complete joy, 
How are they going to ever get to the point of not having to fear death if nobody tells them that in Jesus Christ, God became flesh and he came to make a way for each and every one of us to be made right with God and experience wholeness and eternal life. How is any of this possible unless someone tells them? The shepherds told everyone what had happened, and so must we. A few years ago, Lifeway did a, uh, a poll. They, uh, they surveyed non-Christians in the United States. So this is the U.S., and this is a couple years old. It's not too old, but it's a couple years old. And they found out that 57% of people who don't attend church said that if they were invited by somebody they knew to come out to church during Christmas time, they would come. So it's a couple years old, and it's a U.S., but maybe it would, would it be 50% in Canada? If we invited 100 people and 50 of them came, that'd be a revival. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people about Jesus coming to earth. We need to remind people that Christmas is actually short for Christ Mass. The Mass, the worship of Christ. Our secular society has kind of co-opted Christmas for monetary gain. But the reason we have a, a holiday that is presently named Christmas is because it's the Mass of Christ. It's the worship service of the one who came, came and gave his life. We need to tell the world about our encounters with Jesus. You and I, as followers of Christ, need to tell the world our God stories. In the Luke nativity that we read, the, the shepherds, they encountered the angels, then they encountered Jesus, and then what did they do? What did they do? They went and told? They went and told everybody. Oh, guys! You're never going to believe what just happened. Like, first there was this thing in the sky and this light, and I was terrified. And I was, ah. Then they said, don't be afraid. And I was like, yeah, really? There's something shining in the sky. And then all of a sudden there's a whole bunch. And then they told me this story about this child born in a manger. And we went, and it was real. They had a God story. They encountered the angels. Then they encountered the newborn king. And then they went and told everybody. It says that all that they told were astonished. As followers of Christ, we need to share our encounters with Jesus, our God stories. How else will our friends and families find healing and wholeness and complete joy despite life circumstances? Slaves were singing this song while working in plantations. Because despite life's circumstances, for those of us who know Jesus, we can find inner peace and complete joy. Oh. Go tell somebody. Go tell your coworkers and your children and your parents. Go tell someone that they can know salvation 
They can know the salvation that was, that was brought for us all that blessed Christmas morn. As followers of Jesus, we must go tell. We must tell our encounters with Jesus and our God stories. Revelation 12, 11, John writes these words. He says, and they defeated him, referring to the accuser of our brothers and sisters, our, our spiritual enemy. They, they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their, their testimony, their God stories. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and telling, telling people about our encounters with Jesus, our God stories actually defeats our spiritual enemy. I actually think sharing our God stories defeats our spiritual enemy in our lives and in the lives of others. Because when I repeat and when I speak out my God stories, when I tell people the time I encountered Jesus, and when I tell people the time I had an encounter with the living God, it reminds me once again of God's power in my life, even in a season where I'm not feeling it. And when I speak those words aloud, it, it dispels darkness and brings hope into other people's lives, people who desperately need an encounter with a living God. And when we keep our God stories to ourselves, we kind of, like when we keep our, our God stories to ourselves, I, I can only imagine I can only imagine that not, not telling our God stories is kind of like giving our enemy a free pass in our lives and the lives of others. Because the enemy is defeated by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony, our God stories. And I don't want to give the enemy a free pass in my life. The shepherds that first Christmas, they told everyone what happened and so must we. So the first kind of thought is simply this. We must tell people about that first Christmas so that people can know that salvation is available to them. A song sung by slaves offered hope because it doesn't matter the situation or state or place that you happen to be in life, you can be made right with God. You can become a child of God. You can experience salvation no matter what the outside circumstance of your life looks like or is or how down and out you feel that you are. We need to go and tell people that no matter where they're at in this life, they can experience, they can experience the living God. They can be made right with the living God despite circumstance today and now. The shepherds told everyone what happened, and so must we, because it defeats the enemy. It defeats the enemy in, in our lives, and it defeats the enemy in the lives of others. We need to declare the truth of Jesus in our life. We need to declare those stories The shepherds told everyone what had happened and so must we because, because you and I have also been sent. We read in uh, Romans 10 those last few verses. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. The reality is you and I have been sent. Jesus sent us. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus says, he comes and tells the disciples 
I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples. As a follower of Jesus, Jesus is telling you and I to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. Jesus says, I am with you even to the end of the age. Go tell it on a mountain. Go tell the story because you need to understand that you have been sent. Slaves working in a plantation realized that under the midst of a life where they had so little control, they still understood that there was, that they were sent. They had the ability to tell others the good news of the gospel. You have been sent to share good news. I said at the beginning of the message today that I believe that God has something for you here. I also believe that God meant for you to be here, to be a part of this family, to be a part of this church, to be a place in the exact location where you're living today because God has picked you and has picked this year, 2022, and has picked the place and the work and the situation you're in, and he's placed you there to be his ambassador, to be his missionary to the people that he's placed within arm's reach of you. God has chosen you. He sent you to this time and this place to tell people today. Because I don't know if you're aware, people in 2022 Canada need Jesus. And how on earth will they know? How on earth will they find healing and forgiveness and hope? If someone doesn't, someone doesn't tell them. If someone doesn't share the good news. And then finally, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, and so must we, because there's actually a blessing in doing so. This song, sung by slaves, connected the Luke narrative of the Christmas story with Romans 10, and it connected it with a blessing and prophecy in Isaiah 52. So Romans 10, uh, 15 ends with, this is what the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Now, without any context, that seems like a weird verse, right? Um, early in my ministry, I was, uh, I was on staff at Elam Tabernacle, and I was the young adults, young marrieds pastor there for a season. And uh, I was going to do a foot washing one night, a foot washing ceremony during our young adults service. And, uh, and one of my leaders, like my core, my key leader, like the, my right hand, the guy I leaned on for everything, I was just getting into it, and all of a sudden I looked around, and I couldn't see him. He was gone. Well, he, he caught on that I was doing a foot washing. And he realized he hadn't cut his toenails in like weeks. And he's like, oh, nobody's seeing these ugly feet. And like he literally bailed on me and went home. I'm sure his wife was thankful that he eventually manicured his or pedicured or whatever kind of cured his toes. But this verse in and of itself seems a little bit odd, right? How many of you think you just have beautiful feet? You stare at them, gaze at them longingly. But what this spiritual, this slave spiritual, is connecting Luke chapter 2 with Romans 10 and connecting it to a promise and a blessing and a prophecy in Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52 says this. How beautiful on the mountains, go tell it on the mountain, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger bringing good news, breaking the news that all is well, proclaiming good times, announcing salvation, telling Zion, oh baby, your God reigns. Well, somebody should get excited. Voices, listen. Your scouts are shouting, thunderclap shouts, shouting in joyful unison. 
They see with their own eyes, God is coming back to Zion, break into song, boom it out, ruins of Jerusalem. God has comforted his people. He's redeemed Jerusalem. God has rolled up his sleeves and all the nations see his holy muscled arm. Everyone from one end of the earth sees him at work doing his salvation work. Amen and amen. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him or her who brings good news. Isaiah prophesies about the beautiful feet of those who bring the gospel, the good news. Those who bring the good news have beautiful feet because they're actually partnering with the living God to bring salvation to men and women. Their feet are beautiful because they're partnering with God. You and I are called to partner with God to bring salvation to our friends and families, our neighbors, our co-workers. One author said the feet speak of activity, motion, and progress, and those who are active and moving in the work of preaching the gospel have beautiful feet. Slaves, working fields in a plantation, singing, go tell it on the mountain, realizing that their feet are beautiful. Because even as a slave, they could join in. They could partner with God for salvation of men and women. I've had the uh, privilege of doing numerous uh, missions trips to Mexico, and we've been on a a number of Mexican uh, work camps. One of, the, one of the times we were at one of the work camps, we, uh, we had a big uh, Greyhound bus. There was 32, 32 of us showed up at this work camp. And uh, these Mexicans are, are toiling in the heat of the day in the soil so that us in U.S. and Canada can have generally fresh vegetables. A number of them didn't own shoes. Their feet... I would not say we're beautiful by human standards. Before we left on the one evening, uh, six of us were shoeless because we couldn't stand to see people living and working in these conditions to try and feed us north of the border. And a number of our group left their shoes and gave them and, and we left shoeless. On this one trip, I met a pastor. This pastor walked about 12 kilometers every day to get to his job post. And then he put in about 10 to 12 hours at his non-pastoral job post. And then he walked about 10 to 12 kilometers back. And then he shepherded and cared for and preached to the people in the work camp. I was just exhausted listening to his 24-hour, 24-kilometer round trip. But let me tell you, we showed up, and his wife broke out this massive skillet and started cooking food 
because she wanted to bless and honor us, and he just couldn't stop telling us of the stories of how he was ministering to people in this work camp and the opportunities that God was opening up and, and how he was sharing the, the message of Jesus and how people were being touched and healed. Oh my, his feet were beautiful. telling us the stories of God. Go tell the story of Jesus Christ. Go tell it on the mountains and over the hills and and everywhere. Friends, Neighborhood Church, I believe it's time to join in the blessing of beautiful feet. I believe it's time to join in the blessing of beautiful feet and become active in partnering with God for the salvation of men and women. It's time to go tell the story of down in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born. It's time to recognize that you and I have been sent. This isn't just the pastors, it isn't just the evangelists, it isn't just the people who... Every one of us have been sent. We've been sent to where God has placed us today to be his hands and his feet. It's time to go tell the angel chorus that hailed the Savior's birth. It's time to recognize that sharing our God stories defeats our spiritual enemy, defeats the spiritual enemy in our lives and the lives of others. It's time to go tell the story of our humble Christ was born and brought us all salvation that blessed Christmas morn. It's time to go. It's time to go and tell the story on the mountains, over the hills, and everywhere. It's time to go tell the story of Jesus Christ on the prairies, and in Saskatoon, and in Lawson Heights, and in University Heights, and in Varsity View, and in Martinsville, and in Warm, and it's time for us to go and tell people that salvation is possible, that they can be made right with God, that the God-shaped hole can be filled, that forgiveness is a real thing, that inner peace, despite the craziness of the world around us, is possible. Real, true inner peace. Complete joy, despite circumstance. It's time to go and tell the Christmas story. Will you join me? I pray you do. I really believe it's time to go. Let's bow together in a word of prayer. Oh, precious Heavenly Father, I pray, I pray that each and every person here who knows you as Lord and Savior, Lord, actually, no, I'm going to declare for every person here who knows you as Lord, if you're our Lord, our answer is yes, period. And Lord, you've, you've told us it's time. We've been sent. We've had an encounter with you, the living God. It's time to go and tell our God stories. It's time to let people know that salvation is available and real 
And no matter how broken or hurting or down and out or, or how displaced they are, they can find an eternal peace. They can find a complete joy. They can have salvation and not have to worry about death because that is just, that is just an entrance into an eternal life with you. Lord, I pray that as you're our Lord, we would live out the truth of go and telling this incredible story to any and all who would listen. And I pray that just like the shepherds that first Christmas, as they shared their encounters, they shared their God stories, they shared they met the infant Jesus, and that everyone who listened was astonished. Lord God, give us grace so that as we share our God stories, as we share the story of Christmas, people would listen and they would be astonished and they would be amazed that they are so loved by a God that God would send his son. That they would be amazed that they can find wholeness and healing and health and forgiveness. That they would be just amazed and they would respond. That they would respond and they would become a part of this incredible family. So Lord, help us. Lord Jesus, I pray to go and tell the story of Jesus Christ. Amen?